What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have a lady who is multifaceted. She's doing everything, y'all. She's doing everything from writing books to helping people get their books published. She's doing everything, including being a motivational speaker, to teaching people how to be a motivational speaker. She is using God's gifts for God's glory. It gives me great privilege to introduce to you Dr. Tuesday Tate. So, you are an author, a publisher, an entrepreneur, a minister, a life coach, a media host, a speaker, and a cherry on top. You are a woman of God. I mean, my goodness. I know, right? <laughs> he, he, he will give you a num- numerous hats so that you can execute the many lanes that he allows and anoints you to flow in. Amen. Yes, he will. Um, I'm going to get a little bit off subject. I read this book. Well, I listened to this book because I'm huge on audible books. And um, I'm not going to say the author, but she put, put on there and she gives really good books that you should only focus on one thing at a time. I don't think we, I don't think as a woman, we know how to do that. Not only do we not know how to do, no, well, let me restate that. I think we, we do know how to do it. I just do not believe that's biblical. Um, the Bible talks about the one talent man, uh, the two talent man and the five. Um, when the owner went off and did what he came back, he rebuked the one who had one talent, matter of fact, he called him wicked for not multiplying that talent. He took his talent and gave it to the one um, who had 10. And uh, he said, I'm sorry, yes, yeah, so it was one, five, and 10. And he gave it to the one who had 10. And he, he called him wicked because he did not make use of that talent and expand on it. I, I'm very challenged often when people tell people to stay in their lane and to do one thing. If God has given you multiple gifts, who would anyone be to tell you to only use one of those gifts, particularly when those gifts um, interchange and, ex- and support each other? I do believe there's a season where you should maybe focus on one or two things to build that up and to get it strong and then move over to the other thing. And if I may, I want to share this vision God gave me years ago. I happened to be, there's a highway between Indiana and uh, Illinois. And I was in this season where I was just hearing a lot of people say, stay in your lane. And I'm like, okay, God, but what's my lane? Where do I, I mean, where do I focus? Do I focus only on ministry? Do I, focus only on writing. At the time, I did not have the publishing uh, company. Do I focus on speaking? I mean, what what do I do, you know, or do I, is it media, you know, continuing to host my radio show, my TV show? What do I do? So I was on this highway and the Lord told me to look around and I looked around. There was no one on the road. So there was no one on the road, Sister Lillian, no one. And the Lord said, go over. So I, you know, I went over to the other lane and I was kind of going back and forth in lanes, checking my rear view, checking my peripheral. And he said, all of these lanes belong to you because there's nobody else on them. 
And the Lord started speaking to me that some people have a road. Some people are operate on a two-lane road. Somebody's going, somebody's coming. You stay on your side of the road, they stay on their side of the road. Some people are on, they got two lanes, some people got three. You in California, you about end up on a highway that got eight lanes, okay? And so some will merge off, some will keep going. And he said, I have given you all of these lanes. You obey me when I tell you where to move and where to flow. That's how I live my life. And I don't, um, and it took me a long time to get here. I mean, it took a long time to get here where I'm comfortable with saying God has called me uh, to do this and recognizing some things will rise up to the top in certain seasons of your life and other things will uh, come down. But then that thing may rise back up and you're doing a couple of things at a time. But again, if they're complimenting each other and they're supporting each other, this is who I am. And, and who is anybody who didn't create you or I or anyone who's listening to tell them uh, what they should or should not be doing. But certainly if you're being stretched in. And when I say stretch, I'm not talking about the God kind of stretching that tells you to do more, but the stretching where you don't have balance. Right and you're worried and you're anxious and all of those things, then you do, you should look at everything on your plate. I'm, I'm not, uh, minist- when, when you consider ministry, preaching and teaching the gospel, that's right in line with, um, with the ministry of, with, with speaking, motivational speaking, inspirational speaking on platforms that are outside of the pulpit. Um, I have to write sermons. I, I'm a teacher. I'm a prophetic teacher. That's the way God has anointed me, a revelatory teacher. So hence, I write books. Well, if I'm writing books and people are saying my books are blessing them, who did your book? Well, I did my book. Can you help other people do books? I sure can, you know. (laughs) So compliments and and supports each other. So amen. Amen. So let's start off with your books. What led you into writing and helping other people get their works published? Oh, that's a great question. Let's see. Let let me start with helping becoming starting the publishing company. When I was in college, I said I wanted a speakers bureau and a publishing firm. Now, I really didn't know what either of those things meant, but mm-hmm. I know I said it. Fast forward to I was invited to be a part of a collaboration. And in being a part of that collaboration, I wrote a chapter called The book was called How to Survive When Your Ship is Sinking. I wrote a book titled Wait on God. And so that was my chapter, Wait on God. When your ship is sinking, wait on God. Well, I kept writing. And then I started uh, graduate school and that became the focus. I'm like, okay, well, my thesis will be on waiting. And then I kept writing. And then when I I actually ended up not writing my thesis on waiting. I ended up writing my thesis on uh, father-children relationships (laughs) then, but I kept writing. So by the time I entered into my doctoral program, my professor was like, this is a book, Waiting. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hence the title, Waiting, Mastering the Unavoidable. Mm -hmm. It's a play on words because you really cannot master waiting, but you can't avoid waiting. Everyone has to wait whether it's waiting in line at the grocery store, waiting um, in in a traffic jam, waiting on a call from a doctor, waiting on a job interview. Uh, We have to wait. And even Jesus has to wait. 
because mm-hmm. uh, he's waiting to return. He waits for us to all come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The scripture says in the Old Testament that uh, the Lord waited on the man of God to go and do something. I'm, it's slipping me. I want to say it's in Samuel. He waited. So even God waits. Jesus waits. So we all, it's a discipline that most people um, do not think about. When you think of the Christian disciplines, you know, tithing, um, studying, praying, we often don't include waiting as a spiritual discipline, but it is. And I think it's one of the most difficult disciplines to obey and sit yourself still and wait. And so we... um, so I was a part of that collaboration, which launched me into writing my own book. I had written it. It was published. I was selling it. And the Lord said, now start the publishing company. It was one of my 50-year um, jubilee things. And so I was obedient. And when I tell you he downloaded to me exactly how to do it, he did. And from there, my first book, were collaborations where I bring individuals together to share their story under a topic. So the first book was I Tasted My Tears Today, a collaboration of 13 authors and times in your life that you had to taste your own tears because of the decision that you made or the decision that was made for you or the thing that happened to you, you tasted the salt of those tears. How did you come out on the other side? Uh, Another one of our collaborations is a book titled um, The Mornings After, M-O-U-R-I-N-G-S. And that is about people who have suffered loss, who have had to deal with grief and mourning and what's the difference between the two. Um, So we dealt with that. And in that book, uh, Bishop Marvin L. Sapp actually did our foreword. And in our book, Waiting, in my book, Waiting, Mastering the Unavoidable, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bishop Joseph Walker III out of Nashville, Tennessee. He is now the overseer and bishop of Full Gospel when Paul S. Morton okay. retired. He okay. took over. So he did the foreword in my waiting book. Um, so it's uh, it's been a journey. So I we do ATK Publishing as the publishing company. And that ATK stands for Advance the Kingdom. And so we train speakers and we equip writers. We help speakers speak their truth and writers to tell their story. And so um, that's what we we do with the speakers and publishing firm. And we do both collaborative projects and individuals projects. Our website for that is atkspf.com. So if someone is interested in either uh, wing of the uh, firm, just let us know and we'll um, set you up to be trained. I, I only do the speakers training um, once a year and it's because it's an entire weekend. It's a Friday afternoon to a Sunday afternoon. And so we just, you know, pour into you. It's an intensive, you, you, by the time you leave, you are doing a speech. You're doing a speak as I call them. Uh, and then our writer's workshop is one day. It's a one day intensive. It's not so much on helping people to, know how to write, but more to understand what does it mean to be an independent author, how to how to market your book, how to use your sphere of influence, how to overcome blockers and barriers and things of that nature. And then anyone that's a part of ATK Publishing, they have to go through the Writer's Workshop, but anyone can go come and be a part of a Writer's Workshop. I do that two to three times a year. 
And um, yeah, so we we do the collaborative works. We do the independent works. We train the speaker. And the speaker could be, honestly, sis, anybody who wants to, um, they just may want to be comfortable doing a presentation and standing up in front of someone. They may want the platform for a professional as being a professional speaker. They just may, maybe they're a trainer and they want to be more comfortable using the PowerPoint and speaking with confidence without having the look at the PowerPoint to speak. So uh, it, it, we, we serve a variety of people. Now, what book or books have you read that, um, that were helpful to you? That's a great, oh, now I'm going to be, okay. I'm kind of different. I'm not going to say weird. I'm, I'm a peculiar young person. <laughs> and um, I really don't read books to sit down and read books. I know as a writer, somebody would say what, but to, for me, books are tools. If there's a topic that I need help with, I will go to my library and pull that book down and get what I need out of it. One of my favorite books is, um, 90 Minutes in Heaven, um, The Shack. Um, those are two books I read from beginning to end and never put them down. Uh, a lot of, a number of Bishop Jake's books, uh, Joyce Myers. Um, so more authors in Christendom, John Maxwell, um, Mike Murdoch. Those are books that I tend to read theirs front to back but most books I use as a tool. Now, you are the president and CEO of Vision Focus Group. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Vision Focus Group is training and coaching, uh, training in behavioral analysis. I'm certified uh, to understand behaviors and uh, why people do what they do. Um, and it's typically based on personality. Not only you were born with that personality, so certified in DISC, uh, D-I-S-C, the, the, the four areas of DISC and understanding uh, if you're dominant, um, if you're um, a D-I-S-C. And so we, we not only do the assessment to help people to understand what their personality traits are, but then training them on the strengths and the weaknesses of them, whether it's couples, understanding each other, or it could also be um, in the business arena, in schools, if teachers and departments understand their peers, as well as understanding their students. But most of my coaching um, is spiritual, executive, and professional coaching. Um, a lot of my professional coaching is with women and African-Americans, because there's a way that I learned in corporate America, that's where I got my start and God blessed me that um, I, my first job was with um, IBM, then I went to EDS, then I went to Corning, then I went to GTE. And so when I accepted my call to ministry, I was at GTE. Uh, I was over all of year 2000 transition for all of North America auditing their computer systems, making sure that they were going to turn over uh, and, and things weren't going to you know, fall apart when we hit 2000. So I'm kind of telling my age. So that was my responsibility. And uh, they had slated me to be a vice president. I, they had assigned me my mentor, which I still never understand how you're going to assign me a mentor, but that's fine. And God just started dealing with me about leaving corporate. And 
I was like, get thee behind me, Satan. That is not God. <laughs> God is not telling me to leave a six-figure job. Ain't I'm that over. it? Come on now, that is Jesus. <laughs> and that's what I thought. And, um, you know, traveling all over the world and to other countries and having this level of influence and visibility. But he told me to come out. And I was in Florida with my team and there for a week. And I had fasted for the first time in 1999 and had fasted. And the Lord showed me I was to leave. And I sat in that meeting in Orlando, Florida uh, with my team. And he gave me a plan of exit. It was still about a year or so before I even understood that my transition was for ministry. Um, I left corporate and started doing a program in our housing communities, uh, training youth and um, on a etiquette, uh, behavior and respect and all of those different things and training their mothers and their at the time they were doing a lot of welfare the work programs mm -hmm. and just training them on interviewing and dressing for the interviewing so i did that and in the process god called me to ministry fast forward i started just like okay ministry is cool full time ministry i love it i still love it that's my primary purpose in the earth yet my running joke is that sometimes you get a check and sometimes you get a chicken dinner right Oh, come on preaching. now. Yeah, see, preaching the gospel. So opened up Vision Focus. And I pretty much what I was doing in corporate, uh, training, auditing, coaching, that, that's how Vision Focus came about, helping people bring their vision into focus. And so that's how the training and coaching services uh, started. And then you fast forward from there, he launched me into ATK Publishing, so... That's my journey. What's one thing you wish you would have known before mm. you started doing Vision Focus? How to set my business up correctly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all of those little components, the right accountant. You know, not, not only do you need one, but you need the right one, right? Um, right. No one really was there to hold my hand and tell me, do this, do that, try this, how to really market, how to really set things up for success. Even now, when I look at having this, these vast talents and abilities that God has given me and mm -hmm. gifts, um, you know, how to put them all under the right umbrella and just soar with that thing, right? You know, you we even as you opened, you you talked about all these talents, but the honest, really what I am as a strategist, that's really what I am. Whether you're writing your book, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to strategize you through that. I'm going to strategize you in, in ministry. I'm, I'm a teacher preacher. I'm, I'm really, I'm not a preacher. I'm a teacher. So you're going to have tools when you walk away. When you read my books, you will have tools on how to wait. You will have tools on how to live in the seasons that God allows you to be broken or that he breaks you, you know? So I'm a strategist. I'm a life strategist. So if it's in your marriage and I'm coaching you, you're going to have strategies on how to have a successful marriage based on the word. I'm single, waiting right, waiting on wherever Adam, my holy Adam is. Good God almighty. Come so, on now. Yeah, we're waiting and we're waiting right. If you 
get my drift, you and the listeners, okay? No, I, I got it. Yeah. So, um, but everything is really about being a strategist. But the years that it's taken me to know, oh, that's what I do. I'm a strategist, you know? So um, whether it's business, relationship, ministry, that's what he does. So I think a lot of times it's, it's you need a mentor. And so wisdom and time has taught me, um, whether it's in ministry, I have mentors, whether it's business, I have mentors. I desire to be married, so I have mentors. Now, I watched your YouTube video, 2020 Vision Manifestation. Oh, yeah. And you said, and I quote, within vision, there is sight. I love that. But I want you to break that down to people who have not seen your video. Within vision, there's sight. Vision is spiritual. Vision can be in your mind. It can be um, abstract. It's a far off. Let's say it that way. Vision is a far off. And it's it's the thing that is out often outside of you. Sight starts from the inside. And then vision um, is projected outward. And we often talk about 2020 vision is the perfect vision. Not necessarily. Um, it means that second 2020 is how far away you can see something. But really, if you got 2030, you could see 20, 30 feet away. That's even better. We can have vision, but we don't have, we, we dream, right? We dream. I want this. I want that. I have a vision for this. But where's your sight? Where, where is the, where are you in, you know, into me, you see intimate, intimacy, into me, you see. Where are you coming in to self to say, okay, I see that. I see that vision coming to pass. Oh, yes. I see myself owning that house. It's just not a vision. Yep. Write the vision. Make it plain so that when others read it, not when others see it, when others read it, they can run with it. But you have to be clear about your vision. And the, the more clear you are because you have, you see it, the, the more you see it, the more clear your vision will be, you know, I'm, I'm very clear. I'm very clear about uh, where I believe God is sending me and taking me. And then I consistently give back that vision back to him so I can start seeing it the way he sees it. Now, how did you write your vision? You know, interestingly, my vision started out with a vision board before I ever wrote it, uh, before I ever wrote it. It, it's on a vision board. So if you look at my vision board, um, it has <laughs> pretty much any and everything on it that I believe God has said is available for my life. And the truth is everything up there. Now I got a picture of uh, Sarita Williams up there. I probably never had that body, but it's something to work towards. Amen. I got a vision. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I work out consistently. I can see it happening. So um, the vision started with my vision board and hence the company Vision Focus, helping you bring your vision into focus. And when we uh, we got, we have to get the visual of it. And then sometimes I tell people, I would rather you have the vision board that you're, you, you, it's in your sight, what you want to achieve versus just what you've written down. And, and the other thing about a vision statement, <clears throat> I encourage people to put it in a, in a rhyme. 
part of my starts out highly motivated and charged to inspire. I am blessed to bless and be the best for the greater one is for me, with me, and in me. My steps are ordered and my way is easy. And everything I do, I succeed. So I go on with that. And if it works for you to put it to a rhythm or a rhyme, then do that. But if you start out with a vision board for your family, if you if you believe you're called to be an entrepreneur and the business, what kind of money you want, what kind of marriage you want, what kind of family, meaning uh, you want a family that goes to church, pray together, that picture should be up there. There are people you want to meet in your life. I can't tell you how many people are on my board that I said I wanted to meet and I met them because I'm looking at it every day. It's right in front of my bed when I wake up. Um, I have one there that I... I wanted to go to Africa and minister in Africa. Now it happened, geez, 15 years later, but it happened from the date that I put it up there. Out of everything you've done and doing, what would you say is your personal mission statement? My my personal mission statement is to um, help people know the love of God through whatever facet God is using me for at that moment. That's it. If I'm writing a book, helping them write a book, if I'm coaching them in their personal life or marriage, if we're strategizing, if I'm preaching the gospel or teaching, it's always that. I tell people, even if my my platform is not a platform of the gospel, I'm going to somehow get Jesus in there so people know they have a purpose, that they know the, the, the love of God and that they have a purpose in the earth. And um, so if I'm preaching on vision, I will say you must write the vision and make it plain. It never fails. I could be giving that speech in front of black MBAs or um, Girl Scouts of, of America. And somebody will say, isn't that a scripture? When I get done, they'll come up. Isn't that a scripture? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I will speak Jesus in. Now, what is something people would be surprised to know about you? I guess I, I won't say I'm skilled at it, but I do play the violin, not the violin, Lord have mercy, the harp. Maybe that's the second time I've said that. Maybe I didn't need to go <laughs> get a violin. Um, that's something that I guess people would be surprised to know. Um, I have 18 nieces and nephews. They're my joy. Um, oh. They're my absolute joy from 38 down to one year. Um, um, I call my mom, mommy. <laughs> and so I jokingly say, um, I call her my mom, my mommy, you know, I have five siblings and they'd be like, she's ours too. Whatever, man. I know she's <laughs> <laughs> um, When it comes to God and my, my mother, my family love period, I'm, I'm, just like a just a wet face I just you know I love God I love his grace towards me I'm grateful I appreciate it not have to use me or any of us I told someone the other day uh, we we just came off of 168 hours of prayer that God allowed me to do with 23 other intercessors on Facebook and each of us had an hour that we prayed each day for seven days. That whole vision that God gave me for that, 
of course, came about because of the virus. And several people had asked me if I believed if God had sent the virus. And I said, no. And uh, I guess they had heard somebody say, uh, a prophet or pastor, preacher, something that they believed he had. And I said, well, what scripture that they used to support that? Second Chronicles 17. I said, okay. I said, well, uh, let's be clear. If we stay in the context of scripture, that would not be in contact context. And so just helping them to understand that Second Chronicles was chapter seven was because God was answering uh, Solomon's prayer that Solomon had prayed. And he says in verse 12, uh, we always start at verse 14, but he says in verse 12, the Bible says that the Lord appear, appears to Solomon and, and he comes to him at night and he says, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place basically to speak to you. And he says, so if I shut up the heavens, you know, if I send no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, he said, if I send pestilence and plague among my people, he said, if I do those things, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear, I will forgive, and I will heal. I said, mm -hmm. nowhere in that text does the scripture say he's done that. He sent pestilence. He doesn't say that. He said, if I do. So you can't use that scripture to support saying. God has done that thing. I said, so since he said, if I do it, so it's here. So because it's here, we need to execute 7, 14, 15. We need to, because we're his people, um, we need to humble ourselves, pray fast. Um, we need to seek. We need to turn. And he's promised what he's going to do, which is hear, forgive, and heal. So I was sitting here and the Holy Spirit told me to look up what Corona meant, because at the time they hadn't given it a name yet. And they were calling it the coronavirus. And I said, okay, well, we know Corona means any influenza virus. They hadn't given it a name. So I looked it up. It didn't mean anything to me. Later that day, I went back, I looked at it again. Well, you may have researched this and some of your listeners may have, but Corona when the moon eclipses the sun and moves in front of the sun and there's an eclipse, that light behind the moon is the sun that is pressing its way from behind the moon to be seen. So that light behind it is what is called corona. By definition, that word means, corona means crown, garland, glorious light. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and saying, my son, the S-O-N, has been obscured. It has been, he has been eclipsed in the land. Darkness is in this land and my people have allowed it. He said, I have allowed this. I, I didn't do this, but I've allowed it. Well, daddy, why would you allow this? He said to me, the Holy Spirit started speaking and he said, because you, my people have allowed this and my son has been obscured when he is the true Corona. He is the King of Kings that wore the crown of garland for you on the cross that was pierced in his scalp. He is the hope of glory. He is the marvelous light. He is the light set up on the hill that cannot be hidden. But we give everyone this focus on the things that are happening in the land, rightfully so. At that time, uh, the virus had not 
started taking as many lives, unfortunately, as it had. But people had, we had started hearing it. He says, so they're focused on the wrong thing. So I started thinking, when we see an eclipse, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and it is pitch dark outside. We're focused on the event of the eclipse instead of saying that moon is in the way of the sun. That is out of order. We focus on the event. And he said, you're focusing on people are focused on the wrong thing. People are talking more about this virus than they are about me, including my people. So I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, gather the people. Well, at that time they had started saying, you know, I think it was 50 people you couldn't gather and things like, I was like, so how do I gather them? So he had me started paying attention to what I was seeing on the internet. And, and you would see a uh, secular artist sing a song and they would pass it off to somebody else and they would sing another song. And then you saw Tyler Perry come on and he started singing. He got the whole world in his hands. And then other Christian artists were singing the same song, but their way. And he said, that's what you do. So gather 24 women or men as well to pray. And he gave me the strategy uh, for seven days. You are going to bombard social media with prayer. Everyone will have an hour. They will pray at that same hour every day for seven days. And so we prayed second Chronicles each day was a part of the second chronicle scripture um, till we got all the way to day seven, where we said, God healed the land. We prayed the mountains of um, prosperity and purpose that are in the world, the seven mountains um, of um, business and finance, uh, family, uh, education. A lot of times people don't include and, um, medical and health, but God told me to include that um, family. I'm not sure, did I say family? But um, the church and religion, military, they're one. And then the other one is arts, entertainment, and media. So mm -hmm. we pray concerning those mountains. We pray Second Quran Chronicles all the way to the end where you he says he's going to heal the land. And then we pray under each uh, system. So medical concerning doctors and the hospital and family. So we, we did all of that. But on the 29th, just before we went in, the Holy Spirit told me that he was going to reset not only the systems of this world, but he was going to reset his people. That depending on what we did while we were in this would be directly to, related to how we are going to come out of this. If you pray in, if you fast, and if you seek in his face, and I say you got to fast, the whole time, right? He said, what you do while you're in here will be what how what you receive and it is accessible and available to you when you come out of this is directly related to what you do while you're in here. And so I said, okay, he's resetting. Interestingly, I've heard a lot of prophets and individuals use that word. So we know we in the vein of God. God is resetting even how we think. He said at that time he was going to send the winds. Now, the other day, we know the winds came mightily across this country. The Holy Spirit said, in my wind, I'm going to break up this virus. I'm going to dispel it. I'm going to, it's going to be broken up. Well, we know Sunday, was it Sunday? The winds came across this country. We we had tornadoes and, and yes, people unfortunately did lose their lives and we're always 
uh, praying for those that one, their souls were in Christ, but their family. Yet the Lord said he was going to do that. When we understand during the Passover in the Old Testament, the Lord sent the wind. The wind brought the virus, the, the, the pestilence. It brought the locusts, okay? That same wind brought down uh, Pharaoh's government and his army. Pharaoh didn't have nothing. Then the army went after them, <laughs> trying to get their stuff back, leaving it. God covered the best of his best, the best of his soldiers, the best of his horses, the best of his chariots. He covered them in the Red Sea. That same wind parted the Red Sea so that the children, his chosen, could get across and, and move towards their promised lands. When God says he's sending the wind, it, it is for more than one thing. So the wind that brought the virus and the pestilence and the, the locusts and all of those things is the same wind that sent it away. It's the same wind that brought down a corrupt, oppressive government. It's the same wind that created a way out of no way for his people to receive their blessing. So I'm, I'm just asking God to help us as his people to see what he's doing, to prepare for what he wants us to receive, to understand that today, many people uh, receive in their checking account, the stimulus money. We'll use mm -hmm. it wisely. Pay Amen. whatever you need to pay, pay on it, pay it off, do what you need to do. Tithe, those of you who say you're a believer, give an offering. If you can't tithe from it, you feel at least so and give the offering to the house. Amen. I know Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his course with praise. Bring your offering and your tithes into the storehouse. Somebody say, well, we ain't going to the storehouse. Well, you know how you know how to get online and, and bring submit your tithes. And then if you can, if you have anything left over, if it's $100, whatever it is, invest. Use that money. Make it mm -hmm. make money for you. Do not be the one that God said you did nothing with my talent. Do something with what God has given you. God said, oh, no man, nothing but love. He said, above all, I wish that you would prosper, be in good health, even as your soul, your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotion. He's resetting how we think, what we do, how we do. He's resetting these bodies for us to think differently about how we eat, getting rest, getting exercise. All you can do is get rest and, and go online, get on somebody's uh, Zoom or YouTube <laughs> exercise program. Let's get this, let's reset so we can be ready to receive what God has for us when we come out of it. Yes. And I would like to add on that. Use this time to not only just stimulate spiritual soul mind, but your mental mind. Get some knowledge. Absolutely. Get some wisdom. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that business that you've been thinking about doing, now you can actually get in, in line and get it done and get it started. I totally agree. Use it. But again, that's our soul. And so... He's resetting that, you know, don't be afraid. What, what you, let me tell you something. If the blood you didn't, whether you knew it or not, the, the blood is appropriate. Your grandmother probably was playing the, praying the blood over your house or your mama, even though you may not, somebody may not have had enough sense to do it for themselves. Good God almighty. And <laughs> he said, when you see it pass over, you still here. That means God has purpose for you. You know, again, we know, we know of people, many of your listeners may have had loved ones who have transitioned because of this virus, but God has allowed you to be here. 
the question becomes, what are you going to do? He's allowed you to be here. You were probably in that same setting where that family member was and they uh, acquired it or you were around them or others. And, and for whatever reason, it didn't attach itself to you. We say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for grace. God, thank you for mercy. Okay. Now what? Lord, what right. do you want me to do? What, what he said, turn. He said, turn. So what do you need to turn from? Do you need to turn from eating a particular way? Do you need to turn from how you use your money? Do you need to, the money he's given you? Do you need to turn and go back to church? Do you need to turn you in church, but you ain't given no tithes and offer? What do you need to do? What, how, and then you may start turning and God say, keep turning. You ain't done. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you may got a 180. You may be at a 90 degree. And he's like, finish that 180, boo boo. Or get, do a 360. Keep turning. This may be a season that God is telling you to help somebody, you know, help that senior. Or, you know, no, they can't get out and go grocery shopping. Call Walmart and, and have the groceries sent to their house, you know. Whatever, how, what does God want you to do in this season? And and I told someone earlier today, maybe you don't have it. Maybe that $1,200 or 600, whatever you're getting is gone before you get it. Cause you got stuff you got to catch up on March one pay, April one pay. Then maybe you need to call somebody and pray for them. Maybe you're funny and you need to call somebody and make them laugh. Just, just allow God to use you in this season. Um, I I'm, I'm blessed to be a member of Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority Incorporated and, uh, and, and a part of several different organizations. And I just started sending out emails today. Hey, guys, did you know that if you have a mortgage, some mortgage companies are letting you um, push three months back to the maturity of your loan? And you don't have to pay it back for two or three years. Some are letting you put it on the back end of your loan, you know. Uh, then there's some who are wanting a balloon payment on the fourth month. Don't do it if they're looking for a full three months and four months. But if they're allowing you to push it back two or three years and you can keep paying on that three months, they're allowing you to put it back on the end. Use wisdom. Take those one, two, three months and go pay other stuff down. Go pay something yes. off. Use that money to go invest. They're doing it with car, uh, car payments. They're doing it with credit card payments. God wants to set his people up to be better when they come out of this thing. Even though we was raggedy. Even though we were raggedy. Isn't he a good God, sister? He's a good yes, God. Yes, he is. Yes, Even he is. We were raggedy. <laughs> good God. We, and, and everybody, I'm going to say we, because everybody, well, not me. I wasn't letting darkness. I was, my house was called the house of prayer. So even yes. though we allow darkness to come into the land, we allow the S-O-N to be eclipsed and covered up by the cares of this world and the sins of this world. He still says, I want you better when you come out of this than when you went in. Use the processes and the systems that are available for you. And the Lord is saying to, to say to this right now, stop being prideful and calling it humility. It's false humility. Oh, we don't need it. I'm still working. We don't need it. Um, me and my husband, money. No, 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 no. This is available to you. You, right. you lose nothing. You lose nothing by picking up the phone and calling and saying, are you allowing this? Some companies, they don't even care that you working and you're able to pay. No. Because they're no. getting millions and billions of dollars from the federal government to keep their businesses afloat. So they're mm -hmm. able to help you use the systems. You know, we're praying for supernatural debt cancellation, right? 
this may be your way to, to get to that place of being closer to supernatural debt cancellation. This may be one of the ways that you owe nobody nothing but love. But we can sometimes, particularly, I'm going to say this as African-American people, be so proud. And then on top of that, you're a Christian. You real right. you real saved, but you broke. <laughs> and your credit score is, is 10. And God wants us to be a witness. And if this can help you move closer to that 600, move closer to that 700 credit score, closer to that 800, then do it. I told someone today, beloved, that they were saying they owe the IRS something. I said, would you call, would you please call the IRS? Would you please call them? Because I'm telling you now, I'm telling everybody, I'm, I, I was saying my sorority, I, I sent it to all my sayings, sent them an email, like, look, try this. And um, so um, I, I told a senior mother that this was available to her. And she was like, my mortgage company, they're not going to do it. They can be so mean. I said, well, let's pray in agreement that you're going to get the right person on the phone. Let's mm -hmm. believe God. And she called me back and she said, prophetess, daughter, minister, I got all the titles. She said, they did it. She said she was so nice. And I asked her about putting it on the back end and she put her granddaughter on the phone so she could hear what, what mm -hmm. the people at the mortgage company were saying. She said, um, and she said, well, we can't put it on the back end, but we will put it at the, when your mortgage matures, which is in 2023. Mark, All eight, right, eight, amen. September 2023. So that's when you have to pay it. And she said, now you can pay towards it. She said, that frees up like $2,000 for me. And she said, what I can, I can catch up on this and that. I said, well, look at God. Amen. Said, well, here, here the mother goes. She like 83. Here she goes. She said, oh, I know you a prophet. I said, well, amen. It took me to tell you how to call somebody for you to know that. But <laughs> amen. We love God however we get it. Amen. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to be behind the eight ball. People yes. use these systems all the time to get ahead. You're not cheating anybody. This this is available to you. You're not doing nothing illegal, beloved. Use the systems that are available to you so God can make room to give you more. All right. And how can people find you or contact you? Well, you can find me... Um, on most social media platforms, either Dr. Tuesday or Doc DR, DR Tuesday or DR Tuesday Tate. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, yeah, pretty much. I don't really use um, Periscope that much anymore, but those main platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Dr. Tuesday Tate or Dr. Tuesday, and they can find me there. Um, my website is drtuesday.net. That's my brand website that talks about pretty much everything that I do and who I am. It is actually, this is who I am, all these dynamics of me. And then uh, our publishing website and Speakers Bureau firm website is atkspf.com. So again, drtuesday, drtuesday.net and atkspf dot com so those are the different ways you can reach me and follow me and i i just believe god is advancing his kingdom and he's just looking for people to say send me i got one last question you ready Let's go. i think so all right it's a question i ask everybody at the end of the show if you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room what would it be and why 
every time I walk up in the building, every time I up, and they say that, yeah, up, down, up, down, because all yeah, I do girl. is win. No matter what, yes. when I'm going in, I win. Yes. My hands go up in praise, honey. Every yes. Time. yes, that's my song now, honey. That's it. I'm yes. so fast as I literally threw my hands up. <laughs> Yes, that's my song. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then I, I have another one, um, Living My Best Life. I, I, I like that one, too. Okay. But, but yeah, Kali is definitely, I think that's who made it. That could be your intro, and Live My Best Life could be the one when you lead the stage. Yeah, and you know, um, yeah, and, and we, I'm, I think, I'm, I know I'm saved for real, honey, but, and I know the unclean version, you probably don't want to play that, but... Um, <laughs> We still say, honey, we can take That's any funny. secular song and make it work for Jesus. Come through. Come on now. Yes. I love it. Love it and love you. Thank you. <laughs> I love when God makes these divine connections. It's, and so I absolutely thank Sister Valerie for connecting us. And um, yeah, I love it. I love divine connections. Me too. Me too. I'm glad she did too. Shout out to Miss Valerie. Thank yes. you, lady. Valerie thank you. Jones. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a blessed one. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me and blessings upon your work uh, through this process and through your podcast. God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Tate, for being on my show. I greatly appreciate it. I thank you for the conversation. I thank you for your words of wisdom. And I thank you for the connection that we have today and for years to come. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. And by the way, why have y'all not subscribed? You know you're going to do it. Might as well go ahead and click that subscription button. So once again, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.